If you've been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world. You can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. In a culture that's often hostile to Christianity, believers need spiritual protection from head to toe. That's why your armor includes the helmet of salvation. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah takes a closer look at this vital piece of defensive armor, what it means and how effectively it protects the people of God. Listen as David introduces the conclusion of his message, The Helmet of Salvation. And I want to thank you for joining us today. We're finishing up this week of teaching from Ephesians chapter 6. We're talking about spiritual warfare. And uh, so far uh, this week, we've talked about the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shields of faith, and uh, we're finishing up a two-part discussion on the helmet of salvation. We'll get to our teaching in just a moment, but first, if you haven't already done so, be sure and ask for your copy of the Warrior's Prayer during the month of June. Uh, However you communicate with us, just ask for it. You don't have to send anything. It's yours. We want to send it to you. It's sort of a little special uh, gift that I think will bless you because it contains the prayer uh, that you pray when you put on your armor every day. I, I mentioned earlier in the month that we had gotten a letter from a man who said he was a single father and he he was struggling with life, but he and his young son would get up every morning and they would start at the top of the stairs in their house and pray the warrior's prayer on their way downstairs, almost as if to say, we are now entering into the place of warfare, into the real world, and we need to put on our armor so that we can stand in having done all to stand. This prayer um, has the potential to change your life. We'd like to give it to you on a bookmark you can carry with you wherever you go, and it's absolutely free. You don't have to give anything. You don't have to pledge anything. Just ask for the bookmark, and it's yours. There is a book that we make available during this month. It's called Answers to Questions About Spiritual Warfare. It's a 200-page book, and it's filled with answers to questions about spiritual warfare. In fact, 185 pages of the 200-plus pages in this book are devoted to 86 questions about the subject with answers. And also you will find warfare scriptures and prayer scriptures. The warrior's prayer is also included in this little book. We want you to have this for a gift of any size during the month of June, remembering that June is a very special giving month at Turning Point. Thank you for making this a special month in your giving to us. We're so grateful for your support. We've had an interesting year, but we're coming through all of this with our hands up high, ready to take on the next phase of this war we're fighting by letting loose the Word of God into so many hearts and homes. 
It's your help that makes it possible. So ask for it when you send your gift to Turning Point today. Please take uh, joy in your investment to Turning Point. Let's get started now with part two of the Helmet of Salvation. The helmet of salvation is the wisdom of God in Christ. It's available to every believer. It's a prerequisite to anyone who will do ministry. It is possible through prayer and the reading of God's word. And here's one more thought about the helmet. It is the promise of hope. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 says this, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. As far as I know, this is the only other time in the Bible where the helmet is mentioned in relationship to the armor. Here it's mentioned with the breastplate. Knowing that there is an end to spiritual warfare provides motivation for persevering in the battle. What is the hope? It's the hope that we have that Christ is ultimately going to resolve all of this. That one day he's going to come back and set everything straight. And that we're skirmishing in this war right now, but we're fighting in a war whose end we already know. We're fighting in a war that, in essence, we have already won. And we don't have to skirmish around in a fear of defeat because we know victory is ours in Christ. So we put on this helmet of salvation, and the helmet of salvation is our hope in Christ. Living without hopes like running a race without a finish line. It's ridiculous for someone to say, start running for the rest of your life. There's no finish, but give it everything you have. No, no, no. We have a finish line, don't we? We know who wins this war. And my wife, who likes to read the last chapter of all of her mysteries before she's read the rest of them, the only thing I recommend you do, if that's not your habit, is read the last chapter of this book. Read the last chapter in this book, and you find out we win. We win this war. We are victors in Jesus Christ. And while we have some ground to cover, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, we cover that ground only with the realization that the ultimate The ultimate victory is already in our hands. So that's how to understand the helmet of salvation, all of the nuances of it. Now let's talk about using the helmet of salvation. How do we use the helmet of salvation? In this book that I've been reading on Bonhoeffer, I told you that he said ideas have consequences. And it was the power of an idea that birthed communism. It was an idea that empowered Hitler and Stalin We have never been in a place before as we are today when we need men and women who are equipped in their minds to do battle in the spiritual arena because this is where the war is being won or lost. It's being won or lost quite often in the realm of apologetics, in the realm of defending the faith. So first of all, the helmet of salvation is useful for defending ourselves in a hostile world. How many of you know the world is hostile toward Christianity? (laughs) Never has it ever been so hostile. You can get more books against Christianity now than ever before in the history of Christianity. This has been true since the beginning of the church. And I've often heard the passage I'm about to read to you misinterpreted. But Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew, listen to these words. Matthew 10, 18 to 20, he says, You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. What does that mean? I've heard some people explain it this way. In fact, I have to tell you one time as a young pastor, I had not even pastored a church yet. I was still in college and I was preaching on the weekends and 
You know, when you're a young pastor, all of the older people in the church feel very free to give you their counsel. They feel very free to tell you what you're doing wrong, and they call you Sonny. I don't know if that's ever done. And you, Sonny, you can do this better. You can do that better. (laughs) When I was a young preacher, a lady came up to me, and she got all over my case. She said, you know, you probably are going to do okay. But she said, I noticed that you use some notes, and you should never use notes. She said, the Bible says you're to stand up and open your mouth and let the Lord fill it. And she was referring to this verse. She said, it will be given to you in that very hour what you should speak. Now, in essence, that philosophy of ministry guarantees a short-term pastorate. That's what it does. I just need to tell you that. What Jesus is saying is that there will be some times in your life when as a believer, you will be caught in a situation of hostility toward the principles that you embrace, and you will not have had time to prepare. And you will not be given an opportunity to pull out your notes from Apologetics 103 and then decide what you're supposed to say. And the Bible says in that moment when you have had no time to prepare and you're being attacked by the enemy forces, you don't have to worry because God will give you the answer in that moment so that you will be able to withstand in that day. That's how you use the helmet of salvation, the wisdom of God that is imparted to you sometimes in a moment when you need an answer and you haven't had time to prepare that answer. It was evident in the book of Acts that the young apostles were equipped by the Holy Spirit and empowered with resurrection power. It is also evident that these apostles had something about their speech and the way they talked and how they handled themselves in public that caught the attention of the secular world. For instance, Peter was defending himself before the Sanhedrin and in the fourth chapter of Acts we read these words. Now when they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, They marveled. In other words, Peter was a fisherman. He probably didn't use very correct grammar in his speech. But there was something about the way he spoke that nobody could deny. The apostles spoke with a wisdom that was uncommon for fishermen. They spoke with an authority that came from God, not from their own intellect. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 29, when Peter was speaking, the scripture says that those who listened to his speech were cut to the heart by his answer, and they took counsel as to how they could kill him. Here is a fisherman speaking to the intelligentsia of his day and doing it with such power as he presents the truth of Christ that it gripped the hearts of those people with fear, and the only way they knew how to deal with the man was to try to kill him. Follow the life of Paul in the book of Acts and watch him as he uses the wisdom of God and the helmet of salvation, the mind of Christ in every situation. In Acts 9.22 we read, Paul confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. In Acts 22 we're told he defended himself before the raging mob in Jerusalem. In Acts 23, we're told he defended himself before the Sanhedrin. In Acts 24, he defended himself before Felix. In Acts 25, he defended himself before Festus. He defended himself before Agrippa and Bernice. And on every occasion, whether he was defending the resurrection, recounting his own conversion, giving the gospel, or appealing to his hearers, he evidenced one truth, that there was something going on in his communication that was beyond his own natural ability. He had the power of God in his life, and he was equipped with the helmet of salvation, which is the mind of Christ. Peter said, we are always to be ready to give an answer for that which lies 
within us. The helmet of salvation is useful for defending ourselves in a hostile world. We don't talk much about that. But you know, there are some experts that we have had here over the years. That's what they do. Ravi Zacharias, one of the great apologists of our day. Sometimes Ravi's so smart, I don't understand what he's saying. But I know it's good. (laughs) We've had a number of others who speak to this issue. There's a man who lives in our community who's written a book about our culture today. He's brilliant. I just heard a tape that someone gave me of him talking about how we can defend ourselves against the accusations that are made against Christianity. We don't need to be all of us apologists. By that I mean people who are specialists in defending our faith. But we need to know some of the answers, don't we? What do you say when somebody says to you, the Bible's full of contradictions? Let me tell you one that's a showstopper. You ready for it? Show me one. That'll cut out about 90% of any action you'll ever have right there. They don't know generation from revolution, and they're liable to look it up in the palms. You know, that's what I'm saying. Why are we so intimidated by all this? We don't need to be intimidated. We need to put on the whole armor of God. Learn some of the answers to the questions that people ask. And there's all kinds of resources you can get to do that if you're interested and if God motivates you to do it. The helmet of salvation is useful for defending ourselves in a hostile world. But number two, the helmet of salvation is useful for demolishing the strongholds of the mind and heart. Listen to what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, the Scripture is not talking about defending ourselves against a hostile world, but about demolishing the strongholds in our minds and in our hearts. Did you know that every one of us have a stronghold in our mind? The word stronghold in the Greek language is a military word which is synonymous with the word fortress. A stronghold is a fortress. It's taken from a verb of the same root, which means to make firm. In military language, a stronghold would refer to an area where the enemy is entrenched. In spiritual terms, it is precisely the same thing. It is a place where the enemy is entrenched. Now stop for a moment and think with me about this truth. The devil operates largely in the area of the soul and of the mind. I said already that the devil gains entrance into our lives usually through our minds. Why is it that the world is saturated with people who are consumed by lust? It is because of the pornographic industry which floods our minds with their pornography which we cannot even avoid if we try our best to avoid it. We run into it all the time, even accidentally. For many, and especially for men, this becomes a stronghold in their mind that they don't know what to do with it. It holds them captive, and they cannot break down this stronghold. A stronghold is a fortress, a beachhead, if you will. And in your heart or in your mind, you say, Pastor Jeremiah, can a Christian have a stronghold in his mind that is operated under the authority of Satan? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. The great goal of the adversary is to have a beachhead in each of our lives from which he can operate. He cannot control our lives because they're under the power of God. 
the Spirit of God. But Satan wants to destroy us, and in each of our lives, he will seek to find some area of weakness where he can entrench himself and create havoc for us in our Christian experience. And we probably, right now, in this moment, we know what that stronghold is. We know what our weakness is, where Satan is likely to get us more often than not. The Bible says that it is in the power of the believer to cast down those strongholds. That through the weapons of Christ, the weapons of our warfare, the mighty weapons through God, we can pull those strongholds down, level them, defeat the entrance of that into our life by the enemy, and literally destroy his fortress in our life so that he no longer has a beachhead there within us. A stronghold or a fortress is an established pattern or an established habit or an established concept or an established and entrenched area of your life that does not yet belong to God. Guess who is in control of that area? It is not the Lord, it is the adversary. It is not really true to say, as some people say, that if he is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all because for him to be Lord of all, we have to allow him to take control of our lives. When we become Christians, we give him the lordship of our lives as we know it. But then as we begin to walk with Christ, he identifies things in our lives that we have not yet given over to him. I remember one time hearing a man say, you may not have but a very small section in your life that still belongs to the devil. It may be in a property of hundreds of acres and it's only a half an acre but he said it is probably in the middle of your property and Satan will walk all over God's territory to get to it, and he does. Now the Bible says that as we equip ourselves with the mind of Christ, we can pull these strongholds down, we can level them, we can get them out of our lives. How many of us here today in our own heart can say amen? I would really like to do that. This is one area of my life that's driving me crazy. I want God to have it, but it just never seems to go away. When I get to talk with you about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, I believe that message will help us immeasurably to understand how this works. The Bible tells us that the Word of God is the rhema of God. It is God's written Word for us. It is God's specific truth for a specific situation in our lives. And when we allow the helmet of salvation to sit at the top of our armor and we seek the wisdom of God, we ask for his direction and his help and we use his word as our source, God will give us the victory through the Holy Spirit to begin tearing down these fortresses in our lives. It's the renovation of our mind. It is moving out the old stuff that doesn't belong there and replacing it with the new stuff that God gives us from his word. It is the cleansing of our mind through the word of God so that the things that God gives us begin to push out the things that have control over us, even sometimes as Christians. There's so much more about this one piece of the armor that I would like to share with you, but perhaps that's enough for us to absorb. But before we close, I want to tell you how one man appropriates this truth in his life. He's a favorite writer of mine. I don't know how much I've quoted him over the years, but his name is Jack Taylor. Jack Taylor was a wonderful writer. I've got four or five books that he's written. He's written a book on worship called The Hallelujah Factor. He's written a book on stewardship called God's Miraculous Plan of Economy. And he's written a book on prayer. 
in his book on prayer, he talks about spiritual warfare. And he writes about the armor of the Lord. And he suggests that we put it on, that we really need to put it on. He talks about how he puts on his armor every day. And I want you to hold your Bibles open to the book of Ephesians and the sixth chapter, which is the study that we're doing. And I want to read Ephesians chapter 6 as Jack Taylor applies it every day in his own life. I suggest that you might want to try this, even as it relates to the helmet of salvation. This is what Jack Taylor said he does every morning. This is Jack Taylor's paraphrase of Ephesians 6 10 through 18 as he puts on the armor in his devotions every morning. I choose now to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I confess that I am in the Lord and thus I am located in the power of his might. I choose to put on the whole armor that God has provided me in order that I might be able to stand against the methods of the enemy. I know that the battle is not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, I stand up to accept the armor which is mine in Jesus. And he writes in his book that when he gets to that part, he literally gets up on his feet. I stand to accept the armor which is mine in Jesus. I put on the breastplate of righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ. He has made unto me righteousness, and I am made righteous in him. I put on the girdle of truth. I accept the fact that Jesus is truth, and that truth has set me free. I refuse deception. I accept the truth. I slip into the preparation of the gospel. I am now ready to walk with him. I put on the helmet of salvation. The certainty of my salvation covers and protects my mind and my outlook, and I stand in that certainty now. I take up the shield of faith. I now trust in the trustworthiness of God. I am covered from head to toe so that Satan's fiery darts cannot touch me. I now take my offensive weapon, the word of God, declaring it to be true, without error, reliable, powerful, and alive, God's word to me. I am now dressed from head to foot for battle. On my head is the helmet of salvation. On my body is the breastplate of righteousness and the girdle of truth. On my feet is the footwear of the preparation of the gospel of peace. In my left hand is the shield of faith. In my right hand is the word of God. I am ready for war. Then he adds in one last victorious statement. At this point, a battle cry is in order. <laughs> and he gets his battle cry from Exodus 15, 1 to 3, and this is what it says. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Jack Taylor takes this aggressive, proactive approach to life. What would happen if we would do that? You know, we're always victimized. We're always taking the blows. We're always talking about how hard it is. Well, you know what, folks? It's supposed to be hard. We're in a war. War is not for wimps. It's not for people who want to be comfortable and sit on the couch. War is for people who are involved in battling for the things that are important. How many of you know the faith that we have been given by the Lord Jesus Christ is worth fighting for? Amen? So why don't we just every morning get up and say, Lord, I've joined the army. I'm going to get up today and fight the war. I'm going to put on the whole armor of God. I'm going to take the word of God in one hand and the shield of faith in the other. 
and we're going to go forward and meet this day. Whatever comes my way, here's what I know. I may not be sufficient for it myself, but I've put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is better than anything that I will face throughout this whole day. Amen? Amen. Then you start singing the war cry. You start singing the war cry. That's what the armor of the believer is meant to do for us. It's meant to equip us and encourage us and strengthen us not to let life happen to us, but to take the initiative and go forward to do battle for Christ. There's so much that this means in a practical application, but perhaps this motivational speech from the book of Ephesians will help us face the week ahead with courage and strength. We already know we've won the war, but now God wants us to live like victors and not like victims. We are victorious in Christ. We are more than conquerors through him. Praise his name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today and for helping us uh, sense the presence of the Spirit of God in the teaching of his word. Hey, I'm sure you know that we're heading into a special weekend, Father's Day. We don't always take all of the holidays and devote special messages to them because it has a tendency to break up the the synergism of what we're teaching. So we don't have a Father's Day message this year. But I do want to wish all of the fathers a happy day. I trust that you'll have a wonderful day with your family and uh, that you'll enjoy being kind of the king of the house for a day. And uh, we acknowledge the important role that you play in God's work. We also want to remind you that um, going to church on Sunday is still the thing to do. A lot of statistics coming out of the COVID-19 thing that concern pastors all across the country. That many people who stopped coming to church during COVID aren't coming back. Don't be one of the statistics. Get back to church. Serve your God. Be an encouragement to others. Have a great weekend and be sure to join us here on Monday for the next edition of Turning Point. Today's message came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church, where Dr. David Jeremiah serves as senior pastor. Will you tell us one way that you're being blessed by Turning Point? Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, Answers to Questions About Spiritual Warfare. It's a great way to stay on guard and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series Spiritual Warfare here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. Two or more centuries ago, England's navy ruled the seas. Her mariners were the best in the world. 
It's no surprise then that this parable originated among the English. A smooth sea never made a skillful sailor. British sea captains knew that skill was only developed when the winds were howling and the waves were crashing against the bow. No sailor reached his full potential when the seas were like a tabletop. And the same is true in life. If we want to see the revelation of God's strength, skill, and guidance in our life, we'll have to sail on seas that are sometimes challenging and troubling. And this is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's skills on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.